Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. I Coming into today, when we decided to record, I thought, you know... This is going to be one of those episodes that we're really going to have to like figure out what to talk about for an hour um, and really like filler because, you know, we're not even going to be able to preview the Super Bowl. Um, and then, you know, news happened. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a lot of news decided to all come out uh, before today, today, Wednesday, February 1st. So since uh, since the conference ga- championship games, there's been a lot of headlines in the NFL. Are we even going to talk about the conference champion games? Like, is there room? <laughs> because there's so much else to talk about that I feel like heavily impacts fantasy moving forward. Um, I think I think we need to talk about it, but yeah, it might be more quickly summarized than okay. uh, the other games. <laughs> All right, that's um, fair. But you're not wrong. Yeah, there is a lot of very fantasy relevant news that has come out. Um the news i'm kind of glad that we chose today to record because the news just broke today um the uh, the goat tom brady is now retired for the second time stepping Which away from football claims, after 23 years he claims for good but i'm sorry i'll believe when i see it when he's not at training camp actually forget forget even that when he's not at opening like day and he's not on a team then i'll believe it yeah that's fair you know, you know that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where Jordan Belfort's like, "I'm not going anywhere." Yes, <laughs> that that's what I picture him like, maybe like a week or two before the next preseason or like training camp. He's like, "I'm not going anywhere." Yeah, I'm back. I'm staying 100%. here. I think, like, I'm sure he means it right now. I'm sure he does. Like, I don't think he's doing this for publicity. He's Tom Brady; he doesn't have to. But I just think it could change. Is, is all I'm I'm saying. So I, I for right now, we can talk about his career. Uh, he's retired for all intents and purposes, but he kind of was last time and it lasted like a day. I don't know how long this will last. I don't know if it is for good or not, but I honestly, I'll believe it when I see it. I just think that that's, this is a guy who gave up everything for football. Literally, this season yeah. gave up everything. He gave up literally everything. And hey, listen, I can kind of relate. Okay, because in some ways, Josh, I'm the greatest of all time in, in some fields. So I can understand that stepping away <laughs> is tough. And I can understand giving up your whole life what to be, are, continue to be the greatest of all time. What field are you the greatest in of all time in? Uh, many fields. Number okay. one, okay. Number two, shut up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's your answers. Okay. Well, it does make me wonder, you know, like, was the divorce worth it if you're just retiring that season anyways? You know, like, if you couldn't have been you, like... Like, if you were Tom Brady, mm-hmm. would you be thinking that exact sentence in your head right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just divorced my super waddle wife to go under 500 and get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs by the Cowboys. If I'm not coming back next year, what was the point? 
Exactly. That's kind of my point. If you weren't coming back next year, what was the point? Because I also can relate being the greatest of all time in some fields to making sacrifices and decisions because either you know you're not coming back next year or you know you have to keep things going. So I can relate to Tom Brady. That's literally the point that I'm trying to make this episode is I can relate to Tom Brady. Just to clarify, though, uh, fantasy football is not one of the fields where you're the greatest of all time. Is that correct? No, that is correct. I, I have come in second twice because of, you know, unpredictable circumstances because I happen to go to the fantasy football championship when things that have never happened before in NFL history happen. That just is what happened. Who knows? Like what's going to happen next year? Seriously. What is going to happen next year? Like a world war breaks out, like the America finally splits and it's a civil war and it happens next year during the fantasy football Super Bowl on the game winning touchdown that could go to my whoever. Oh, yeah. It would be after all of my players have already finished and yours haven't. Yeah. And you would still celebrate. Even if there's a world war going on, you would be like, huh, I beat you. Like, <laughs> you still, you buy yourself. I'm still the champion. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you got, you can, you got another year that you can, uh, you can gloat about that. But next year, I'm, I'm coming for you. I'm giving I mean, up everything <laughs> in my life next year to become a champion. <laughs> I'm pulling a Tom Brady. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you think it's possible he's he's trying to just get released and go to a different team? Okay, what team would that be in his mind, though? Like, is he I, I've heard there? I've heard the 49ers. And Why would I've they heard, need him? And I've heard the Raiders. Uh, well, <laughs> that I he wants to play in Vegas. I don't know if he wants to, but I've, I've heard them flooring around. If he yeah. was going to leave, that would be a destination. See, the 49ers, to me, that doesn't make sense. You've got Trey Lance. You've got Brock Purdy. They're two young quarterbacks who, like, frankly, this team, okay, they didn't they didn't go to a Super Bowl, but they're good enough to get there. And probably if, if I mean, I, we don't know about Lance because he's kind of an unknown, unknown quantity here, but I think – going with your young quarterbacks is way smarter than wasting any more time on Tom Brady. Yes, he's the greatest of all time. Absolutely. He was not this year the greatest of all time. He wasn't. No, no. And it, this is a bad year for him. And if I if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, he doesn't win the Super Bowl every year. He wins it a lot, but he doesn't win it every single year. So I think you got to look at your future. As if you're the 49ers, that would be a terrible move. And you don't need to sell any tickets. You like the 49ers are a popular team. You don't need him. The Raiders, I could understand. That I, I 100% could get. Especially because they've got some talent there that I feel like would work well with Brady. And they, they would probably be a contender. It could be. Yeah, they have a strong defense and they have the weapons on their offense. So she would want Adams there now. Adams, yep. Yeah, uh, good, good running game. Like solid, sometimes the best running game. <laughs> and then sometimes he doesn't show up. But, you know, Jacobs is good. You're right, Adams. Like it, it certainly Waller. has good good weapons there. Um, but, yeah, 49ers, I don't really, I don't really get it. Do you, like, do you think that that's what he's doing? Like what? Like what? Do you think that's realistic that he would then sign with a new team, like get released and sign with a new team? You know, I don't know. Um, it's like we, it it wouldn't be unprecedented. People have done that in the past, right? 
like Gronkowski threatened to retire because the Patriots were looking to trade him to Detroit. Mm. Uh, so like players do sometimes pull that card. Um, and I mean, look at, uh, well, we'll talk about it a bit more in detail, but Sean Payton, he retired and now he's on a new team as a head coach. Yeah, we got to so, talk about that in a little bit too. <laughs> it, it, it does happen. I don't know if that's what he's trying to do or not, mm. or if he just needs to take a bit to reconsider some things, or, or maybe he's just at the point like, you know what, I'm going to go out while I'm still at the top, you know, like as I'm starting to go off the cliff, I'm going to bail out rather than wait till I hit the bottom. That's smart. It's smarter to do that now before he com- is completely atrocious. Um, and he did look different this year. The way he threw the ball was a little bit different. The way he was on the field, he physically looked different. He had a lot of stuff go on off the field. Um, he probably just figures, okay, I- I've got to go now before things get worse. However, understanding who Tom Brady is up until now, that competitive side of him could come out if a team like the Raiders, who do have a lot of weapons around them, come a calling with a big, big checkbook, he might like he might turn it around. He might say, well, if I get a lot of money and have a chance at another Super Bowl, I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, at this point, he can play wherever he wants to, right? Like he doesn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. So it would probably be a, a place kind of like San Francisco, Las Vegas, somewhere warm, you know, a, a nice place that he wants to live kind of a thing. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, But yeah, we, I guess we just touched on it. So we might as well just segue right into that now with Sean Payton, who is now going to be Denver's new head coach. Um, That's, which is funny for, for a lot of reasons. One, he came out of retirement, like you said, like you alluded to, maybe this is a a premonition of what's going to happen with Tom Brady. I mean, talk about another really, you know, one of maybe not necessarily one of the all-time greatest coaches, but certainly of the past 20 years. Sean Payton's, you know, an excellent, excellent head coach. Um, I believe, now this is what I heard earlier. You might be able to update me on this, Josh. Is it true that there has to be compensation of some draft picks that Denver has to give up in order to, to sign, shine, like to get Sean Payton? Like they've got to give... I had heard they were they had to give up some draft picks to the Saints. Yeah, I believe right now they're looking at sending a first round pick this year and a mm-hmm. second round pick in 2024, and then they would get the right to hire Peyton mm-hmm. as well as a 2024 third round pick from the Saints. Have you ever seen a trade involving a coach before? You know, not off the top of my head. I feel like no, it has happened before. I can't think of a single time this has happened. <laughs> Maybe I'm confusing it with the NHL, though, because I feel like that's happened in the NHL. The NHL has done negotiating rights, yes. They've never traded picks for coaches, though. No. It's negotiating yeah, They don't have anything else this. to really give in football, though. Yeah, like in hockey, they, they trade money, like finances and compensation often get traded but in the nfl because of the free market system they have there they don't trade money usually uh, unless it's to compensate for a player's contract or it's something they have to do so they would trade i guess draft picks i've just never heard of this like trading draft picks for a head coach is he worth a first round draft pick 
well, it seems like they're just going for broke that he's going to be able to fix it because <laughs> they're going to be stuck with the majority of what they have right now, right? Like giving up a first round draft pick takes away from your ability to build on the team. There, so. th- this, this, um, <laughs> this ownership group, which I believe now includes Walmart, um, they are putting everything into making Russell Wilson work so much that they brought Peyton out of retirement <laughs> to coach him. <laughs> like so ridiculous. Like I can't even believe that that happened. Oh, I know. And I'm just looking at the, I'm just looking at the contract details. So he's expected to sign a 20 to $25 million per year wow. deal. Wow. So not only are they giving up draft picks, they're giving up a ton of money that they could That's use a to show up money for a coach, like yeah. use on the offseason for some free agents or something, right? Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm a little surprised that they they would do that. I mean, they again, I think they just figure with Russell Wilson, they they must think they are not a bottom feeding team. They must think they're a playoff competitive team. And if you're Sean Payton, I don't know 100% why you go here. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what the appeal is for him, necessarily. We can talk about that a bit. I did have a really funny, quick story for you of something that I heard. So there was a report um, from a couple uh, NFL insiders that the Broncos actually were trying to hire a couple other coaches. And then the coaches chose other teams or like they tried to hire a, a college coach or I can't name. I can't remember um, off the top of my head. Uh, Jim, they Harbaugh. Tried, Jim Harbaugh. Yes. They tried to hire Jim Harbaugh. He said, no, I'm staying here. Then they tried to hire the head coach who ended up going to get hired to the Texans, who by the way, ended up taking the Texans over the Broncos, which is funny in and of itself. And then they like were negotiating with Sean Payton, went back to the, the current Texans, head coach to try to get him again and then went back to Sean Payton inside the deal. So they went three other people <laughs> and one person twice just before they signed Sean Payton. They went back and forth and back and forth and then finally signed, signed this guy. So he wasn't even their first choice. <laughs> like it's well, so I, ridiculous I, to me. <laughs> I wonder if that was because of the cost though. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that like, you had to give up draft picks, a first round draft pick. Like, of course, I'm sure the cost came into play for sure. Yeah, because the other guys, it would have just been straight up, okay, money, come coach for us. Whereas with Peyton, just, okay, we need to really invest like our future into this guy. So maybe that's why they were bouncing around like that. Yeah. Um, I did I did realize why it sounded familiar, though, that this something like this has happened, because it actually happened with Bill Belichick, too. Oh, did it? Yeah, the Patriots sent a first, fourth, and seventh round pick to the Jets to get Bill Belichick. Oh, okay. And there was actually two other times uh, in this article that I read um, that it happened. And both times, the teams who traded away the picks to get a coach ended up winning a Super Bowl with that coach. So if that's any indicator, then the Broncos have... A lot of history behind them saying that if you do this, it will work out for you in the long run and you will win a Super Bowl. Yeah. But <laughs> <I> mean... <laughs> he's he's going to have to mold Russell Wilson to get that done. So we'll see. Can Russell Wilson win a Super Bowl again, though? Like, can he get there? I don't know. I, think got, I would uh... bet a lot of money on no. 
I mean, they're a similar team to how the Seahawks were back when he won. Like the Legion of Boom, Denver has a really strong defense. Um, they've got good receivers. They have a good running game. Like the pieces are there. They they could do it. It's just if Russell Wilson has enough in the tank. I mean, if this year was any indication, then he doesn't. But, <laughs> but what about the games after Nathaniel Hackett was gone? Then he looked back to the normal Russ. Now, then again, it was at the end of the season, so who knows what the level of competition truly was yeah. that he was playing against. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But preseason, preseason level competition. I'm not I'm not ready to completely write him off. Like I want to see what he looks like in a season under an established proven head coach who we know can work miracles because then if it's still off the rails, then yeah. Okay. It's, it is Russell Wilson. He's the issue. Got to cut off while you still can, but maybe that's all he needed is he just needed the right head coach to, or the right guy calling plays and managing the clock properly to get things going for him. Yeah. And that's clearly what Denver must be thinking. That, that bringing in and risking what we're going to risk for this head coach suddenly makes us a contender. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's my guess. Um, but now one of the other guys that you mentioned was trying to be hired, uh, D'Amico Ryan, so he ended up turning down the Broncos to take the Texans head he coach. He turns job. down the Broncos to take the Texans job. Twice. He turns down the Broncos twice, twice <laughs> to take the yeah. Texans job. No, I might be mistaken. I think he does have a connection to uh, the Texans or like that area. I believe he's from the area. Like he's from the Houston area. Yeah, so maybe that played a significant role in that. Um, and he'd rather just be closer to where he's from than up in Denver if he's going to be coaching a a rebuild team, anyways. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to expect with the Texans. Now, he was the 49ers defensive coordinator, so maybe the Texans defense will get an improvement, and then that'll help round out that team. But, I mean, they have a lot of issues they need to fix, so who knows how that's going to play out. Um, I am a little worried what the 49ers defense is going to look like moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a great... Obviously, he was a great defensive coordinator this year did a great job with that defense so what the 49ers are going to look like next year that's a great question um i mean there, there must be something appealing to to going to a place like houston where you can kind of build it from the ground up like that team is nowhere near being competitive so you're going to spend a year or two bringing in prospects, bringing in new players, trying to develop the teams. There must be something appealing to that. But yeah, you're right. I think the defensive side, it's a great way to start. Like you got to start with defense. You really got to build your team starting with a solid defense and then find those other pieces. Yeah, well, it's one of those like high risk, high reward things, right? Like, yeah, if you walk into a team that is clearly in a rebuilding phase and then you turn it around and you turn it into something and, you know, you make the playoffs or you make it to deep into the playoffs. Maybe you make it to the Super Bowl. Like you just cemented yourself as like you, you are a successful head coach and will be viewed that way for a long time unless things go really badly for you. Whereas if you come in to a rebuilding team and you do nothing and the team does not improve or, or somehow even gets worse, 
you've just shot yourself in the foot, like career wise for being a head coach, right? Yeah. And I think it all depends upon how, how long is the leash? Like, are you, are you going to be given more than, than a short period of time to try to improve a team? Cause I mean, we've seen it with struggling franchises where a coach comes in for a year or two and then, and then they immediately bail. But then we've also seen it where there's confidence saying, yeah, it might be rough for a year or two, but then, you know, this coach ends up sticking around for, you know, five plus years and they're suddenly a playoff team. So you just never know what, what's the ownership thinking? Are they, what kind of leash are they giving um, to, to a head coach who was a coordinator, successful coordinator and see what, what they can do. I mean, in, See, if it was, I don't know how long that leash is, though. Yeah, I don't know if it like if it was me looking at Houston's team, you'd have to give him time because what do they ha- like? What do they really have? They've got a, a solid running back. Um, their defense isn't horrific, but did, I, mean, like, it's, I don't it's pretty bad. It's a, but yeah, it's bad, but it's not. I don't know. I wouldn't say was, were they the bottom defense this year? Uh, I thought there were. They, a couple they got a little losers. better. Yeah, yeah, they were consistently in the bottom, I think, five on all okay. metrics, though. Like, not necessarily the worst, but they were no. in the bottom. Okay, so that's pretty bad. Um, but, yeah. I mean, they don't have a quarterback, and I guess their defense is awful. And I don't really think their receiving core is anything to even remotely be interested in. So, really, they have a running back. So, you think you would say, okay, hey, I, I'm giving you five years of of race to try to build this into something um they can't think they're going to be competitive next year like what are they going to draft some phenom quarterback in this year not that i've heard i i don't really know i don't think there's a quarterback who's who's a step right in there kind of quarterback like there's some that have talent but i don't think there's one person we're like oh this guy's starting next year I think it all depends on where, where, t- where they're looking at going, right? Because I'm, I don't know what Chicago is planning on doing with, with their pick, right? Mm-hmm. But it looks like I'm, I'm just looking at a latest mock draft, and it looks like the first quarterback going is with the third overall pick. So there's a couple of defensive players ahead of him. I don't remember who has the. I don't remember who has the top three picks. Hmm. Do you off the top of your head? Not off the top. Off like the, like who has the picks? Yeah, uh, well, it Chicago's looks like Arizona. One. Yeah, Chicago's one. Then it's Houston. Then it's Arizona. And then it's Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, India, Indianapolis or Houston could take a quarterback and. Honestly, you'd probably have a good reason to start them right away. Like if, if they, yeah, they don't have quarterbacks on their teams. If, like if they, they showed run. enough, right? <laughs> you know who? Funny enough that you mentioned Tom Brady and the Raiders. The Raiders have a top ten pick, and they could use a quarterback. Like they, they need to start building with something there, um, especially if if they are going to move on from Carr. Um, but yeah, I, I just. In terms of, I don't, okay, I, I will admit not knowing that much about NFL rookies um, and that I do have to kind of do a bit of research before we start breaking down the draft. And, and I always do that every year going to the draft. It's just I'm not hearing the hype about the draft class this year for quarterbacks that I've heard from other teams. Like I've heard a lot about some of the defensive players. I've heard a lot about 
a couple like skill positions, but I haven't heard like, oh, this quarterback is this is true. Like I heard with Trevor Lawrence, um, I I just didn't, I just haven't heard the the same kind of buzz around them. So I just don't know. Are you drafting a quarterback and he's really stepping in next year who isn't going to be because you can ruin a young quarterback by throwing them in before they're ready. Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, the only quarterback that I've really heard consistent talk about was uh, Bryce Young. Right. He was the 2021 Heisman Trophy winner. But even then, like, like you, you're right, he's not being talked about the way that Trevor Lawrence was. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know. But, and I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. If a quarterback doesn't play in the first year, doesn't mean they're not going to be great. I'm no, just saying no. maybe they're two or three years away from being great. Right. Um, I just wanted to circle back, though, to the like first-time head coach as a coordinator. I mean, Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hackett was a yeah. successful coordinator who became a first-time head coach, and he didn't survive the season. So it, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem sure. like NFL teams... <laughs> And I think the public opinion takes a pretty big toll on that too, is, you know, what does your fan base feel? Are they willing to be patient for a year or two or are they saying, nope, we want success right now? Uh, did you like, how many Broncos games would you say that you watched this year? Like, did you, did you watch any all the way through or just like catch them here and there? Um, I probably watched, I would say at least half. Hmm. I am. Um... I, the games that I saw, probably not even half the games, but the games that I watched, I honestly felt uh, that it was one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen. It's almost as if every single bad decision that you could have made ends up getting made in a game with, with Denver. Like, I just don't think Nathaniel Hackett was was any good at coaching. Like he just didn't seem to have the scheme going. The team just seemed to not do anything. Every play they would would just be awful. They'd be in some games, but then they'd make stupid decisions. Um, I couldn't like, I just, I, I, sometimes it was laughable watching it. So I, I'm kind of not surprised he didn't last more than a year. Like it just, what it just didn't look to me very, um, it didn't look very structured whatever that he was doing. Again, I don't know enough about coaching to say, oh, he was doing this and doing this wrong, but he didn't seem to be, to be very successful at a lot of what he was trying to do. No, I found uh, there was a lot of issues with clock management and Mm. play calling. Um, It just like, they weren't setting the drives up for success the way that they were moving the ball and managing the clock. And, uh, I don't know how much of that was on him, how much was on Russell Wilson, how much was on because I think I think Nathaniel Hackett was calling plays too at one point, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So so maybe it was just a he was trying to wear too many hats, um, and then things were just off the rails at that point. So the damage was already done. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I don't. I mean, it doesn't set a good precedent for coordinators looking to make the leap into a rebuilding team because. The precedent is already out there. We don't have to keep you for the full season if you're not doing well. <laughs> no, and frankly, I mean, that's it's probably the way it should be. I'm just of the mindset of 
you got to, if you're a team that is developing talent like Houston is, you have to give more time. Now that's different in terms of the other like top picks. I think Houston to me is in a completely different scenario than the Cardinals or the Bears who the Bears are on their way up. I think they can be competitive next year with one or two good moves. The Cardinals completely collapsed and was a nightmare. So they're different scenarios, but I just don't think Houston, to me, Houston and and especially the the Broncos, two very different situations. The Broncos were supposed to be and were believing that they were competitive and a playoff team and Russell Wilson could push them over the edge. edge. I don't know anyone who was looking at Houston coming into this year and be like, that's a Super Bowl contender. Oh, no, definitely not. But, I mean, with the state that Indianapolis is in, you know, maybe they just <laughs> see, like, hey, we have a shot at doing something in our division and kind of starting from there. Because mm. um, Indianapolis like, is no better off. No. Like, no, what team not. would you rather have under your belt? Like, if you if you had to pick to, to be the GM or coach or president or whatever, but you had decision-making abilities for the Colts or the Texans, where, where would you, which situation uh, is better? <laughs> I would probably go with the Colts just because yeah. I'm not 100% sure how much, like, I think all the damage is finally over from the disastrous trades that they made a few years ago that took away all their draft picks. Uh, that's with Houston. Mm. But even then, you know, I think I'd rather still take Indianapolis because you have, like, the a core strong defensive group. You have Jonathan Taylor. You have Michael Pittman, like you have those good weapons. You just need that final piece. Whereas with Houston, you don't really have anything. So I would, I would take the the Colts and try to just find someone willing to come and throw the ball who can who can do it well enough, versus yeah. try to rebuild the whole team. Definitely. Um, the Panthers hired a new head coach as well with Frank Reich. Speaking of the Colts, so yeah, fre- freshly fired from the Colts and <laughs> headed off to Carolina Panthers. That's another interesting uh, team and situation there um, because I think they felt and believed that they were on the way up uh, as well. But then obviously, like having a bad year, trading Christian McCafferty, um, they're obviously in a completely different situation than they were. Yeah, I think trading Christian McCaffrey was basically their way of saying, okay, we're committing to a rebuild at this point Mm. from the bottom up. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. I mean, they only have, I think they only have one first round pick. So it's not like they had a bunch. Overall. Yeah. And that's not even like, I mean, I know, you know, you're going to get some talent uh, deep in an NFL draft, but yeah, the number nine pick is not a tough, you know, you're not, you're not picking two not picking three like you're picking a little bit later and yeah i don't think they have another one not in the first round no i don't believe so so i don't know what their their plans are really but uh yeah i think frank reich has a tough tough job ahead of him but Mm -hmm. i think he's a good head coach so i think if they were going to put anyone in that position i think he is a good choice uh, I don't really <laughs> think he deserved to be fired in Indianapolis, but yeah, I mean, I think the Colts were a completely different kind of a mess. Um, the thing that the thing that I'm questioning what's going on in Carolina is like, I, and I understand why they 
thought, okay, we're going to commit to the rebuild. We're going to move McCafferty. We're going to get what we can for him. I don't think they really, to me, have a direction at quarterback that I would be comfortable with. Um, so no, no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they're going there. No, and I think that's going to have to be probably one of his priorities to fix because I because th- Frank Reich actually was a quarterback. So was he? I, b- I believe he was. So he, uh, if anyone can kind of whisper to the quarterback, it should be him. I didn't know he was a quarterback. Yeah, he was a he was a quarterback in the NFL. So he uh, he knows how to play the game. So hopefully, if it's going to be. Sam Darnold, then he can be the quarterback whisperer with him, or if not, then they bring in someone new and he can mentor them. And yeah, hopefully... Sam Darnold. I mean, he's still pretty young. He could have a, a you know a, a resurgence, but that's tough. Putting your faith right now in Sam Darnold. Oh yeah, I wouldn't make that bet personally. No, but... neither would I. Like I and I, I mean, and they tried to to re-energize Baker Mayfield there, but yeah, that went badly. He's gone already. <laughs> well, yeah, they already moved on from Mayfield. Um, yeah, Sam Darnold. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I think they need to do some work at quarterback. I I really do. Absolutely. So that leaves us with the Colts and the Cardinals, who are looking for a head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I haven't heard any names really being floated around for the Cardinals as of yet. Um, That's an interesting scenario for a coach to be coming into. Like the Cardinals, oh, that's a really interesting scenario. Absolutely, and I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about the fact that I'm still seeing a lot of Jeff Saturday's name for the Colts, for the Colts as their head coach. Really? Yeah. Like uh, that would just really hang surprise around. me. I mean, yeah. I know he was a player there and he was popular for a long time, but that would really surprise me. Yeah, just because you're popular does not mean you should be the the head coach. No, no, like honestly, popularity should have nothing to do with it. I mean, that's the only reason why I've been so successful in my life is because I'm so unpopular um, <laughs> that it it helps me get positions. So I think that popularity should be and is usually the last thing. I don't know what's going on with the Colts, though. Like some of their decisions the past couple of years has has kind of left me scratching my head. Yeah, I think if they bring him back, that. Because, I mean, they got into a lot of trouble in the season, like with people coming after him saying that they didn't follow the rules properly, like in the terms of hiring processes. Mm -hmm. So I think they're just asking to get in more trouble by doing that. If if they keep him around, I mean. Yeah, that's I yeah, I didn't even think of that, too. Like, that's a tough. That's a tough situation. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean. I, I honestly didn't know his name was going to be out there. I thought they would really be looking to hire someone new. Like I knew the Cardinals were still looking for someone. I, I just assumed the Colts would be going after somebody new as well. But uh, yeah, if Saturday ends up back there, that's that's really going to shock me. Yeah, that, that would just be terrible for the Colts because we, we've seen them under Jeff Saturday and it was nothing special. Hmm. Um, I... I think there's going to be a lot of outrage. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, questions asked. Why, why are we bringing him back? Like, what did you see that means that you thought meant 
we would have a successful season this year. Like, why would he? Why should we believe that he's going to be able to turn it around? Um, but I, I'm not seeing those other names out there. So maybe they're just kind of keeping things close to the chest. I don't know. But mm. yeah, I, I really hope he's not. I have nothing against the guy personally, but that's just not good for the NFL if we're just bringing someone in from being an analyst to a head coach. And well, then, and, and then lack of success on top of that. And, and then, then we're going to bring him back. Yeah, exactly. And then we're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just not good for, for anybody. So hopefully hopefully it's just like, uh, I don't know, he's just the guy right now because that's who we finish the season with. And there will be some names floating out over the next few weeks or month or so. But, yeah, that that, that would be very bad, I think, for the Colts and for the NFL as a whole. Yeah, and again, it's 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 so interesting to look at some of these bottom feeder teams, like just the ones who need head coaches at least. You know, Houston, we kind of talked about them. There's a lot of work to be done. They're clearly rebuilding. Arizona was such a disaster with such high hopes that I don't even know what someone's going to do there. At least Houston has the direction of rebuilding. And then the Colts keep trying to throw a veteran quarterback into the mix to make some sort of a difference there and it just hasn't worked out like they have one of the best running backs in the league and they're just not able to make things happen enough around taylor to give them a chance to be competitive when they probably with a talent like that on another team we saw what happened with christian mccafferty yeah Christian, throw Christian McCaffrey on San Francisco and suddenly, like, look at that. Like, throw throw Jonathan Taylor on who? Washington? Pittsburgh? Someone who, well, Seattle's got CPU, but someone who's, like, around the edge? Baltimore? Oh, man. If what happens there? Like, oh, oh. yeah, if, ba- if Baltimore has Jonathan Taylor and then, like, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be dangerous. Yeah, so th- that's the thing. Like, that's basically what happened to San Francisco. So... I just are the are you they going to trade him? Are they going to try to build with him? He's still relatively young, I think. Like he hasn't been around for that long. No, he's only two years in the NFL. Two years, okay. See, there you go. So they can build with him, but they got to do something. <laughs> and I don't think Nick Foles is the answer. No, <laughs> Nick Foles is never the answer. <laughs> Except for, well, I mean, except, except for, for, for time. <laughs> yeah, except for sorry, except for the uh, Philadelphia Super yeah. Bowl, <laughs> except um, for the one time he was the answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, sorry, I believe he's uh, Jonathan Taylor's played in three seasons now. Three seasons. Okay, okay. Still, you, you know, that's got to make him 25, 26 at most, right? Because you're you're like early twenties when you come into college. He's only twenty four. He's 24. So there you go. So he's young. He's got, even for a running back, he probably has easy six prime years left. And then depending upon injury and everything else, into your early 30s, you could still be relatively effective. So if he's still got six, five or six years, let's say, of prime playing time, you got to do something with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That un- Unfortunately, that's we see that a lot in the NFL is these all-star players and you see that in all sports, really, right? Like mm-hmm. these all-star players get drafted first overall because that's what they're worth, but they get drafted to a terrible team. And then 
that's where they spend the majority of their prime because they're locked in on that team. And then by the time they get a chance to go somewhere else, they're they've lost a step, you know, like they're mm-hmm. they're not quite as good as they could have been. And you, you always wonder, you know, like, well, what could they have done if they were on this team or this team from the start? <laughs> not every team ends up being like Jacksonville or Cincinnati or, or what have you or, or Miami where they draft low a couple of years in a row and then build it. Right. Like there's a, so many teams end up like, I mean, frankly, not to kick them while they're down, but the New York Jets who who have a great defense now, just again, they're not a playoff team again. Like they, they didn't make the playoffs. They could have. They were right there, but they did like they, they did were it close. again. They, they were close, close, but they didn't again. And it's like, what is going on with this franchise where they just can't climb out of the basement? Um, so you see that happen all the time. Well, speaking of the Jets, they have a new offensive coordinator. Well, uh, th- he's got some work cut out for him. <laughs> Do you know who it is? No, I have no idea. I just assume it's male. It's Nathaniel Hackett. No, it isn't. It is. No. Yeah. Joking. Let me look I'm this not up. Joking. He's not Nathaniel. Why would Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> what? I'm serious. Yeah, he no, is. hold on. No, hold on. You're just you, because we talked about him. You're. You're hold on, Nathaniel. I'm googling. You Google it. Go for it. Hackett. Googling. 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 Right now, I can't believe it. <laughs> well, okay, now hold. It's rant time. What are you thinking, Nathaniel Hackett, as your offensive coordinator in a team that needs offense? Like that defense is is, is young, but but good. They were having a good year. They're going to get even better as it goes. You need an offense. If that offense was was ten uh, percent better. Then last season, then then the Jets were probably a playoff team, right? Like two, two wins and and they're in the playoffs or something like that. Like it would have been very very close, but they would have made it. Like, <laughs> what are you thinking? What are you thinking with Nathaniel Hackett? That's ridiculous. Well, he was successful as an offensive coordinator with Green Bay. Well, hold on, but Green Bay had nipples before he went insane. Yes, that's true. So right? maybe. They're hoping he can develop that kind of bond with someone in uh, New York. I'm assuming probably, probably not Mike Zach Wilson. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it would be Mike White. I really don't know. They're not they're They seem still to be committed to Zach Wilson, but I think we've seen enough to say that's probably not. The not fans good. were booing him. <laughs> like, well, exactly. So the fans yeah. were booing him. Like your fans don't want him. <laughs> but I've also seen rumors since hearing this news that they're potentially looking at bringing nipples to New York and reuniting him with Nathaniel Hackett. Now that's just pure rumors. There's nothing in the works or anything like that. It's just pure speculation. Um, so maybe he's just looking to rekindle some old magic there and uh, give uh, the jets the spark that they need. Hmm. If there was one team that he would go to, I don't know why it would be the New York jets. Like I guess New York city pretty big market you know the jets have a franchise to them they've been around for a while they're getting better so i can kind of see it from that standpoint but don't vet like haven't we seen in the past that veteran quarterbacks who want to win try if they can to go south like they want to be in the sun they want to relax a little bit they want to be competitive but like that's where they want to try to go yeah usually because if, yeah. if you just spent eight or nine years of your life playing football in the snow and you have the chance to go play in the sun that yeah. that tends to happen. But 
I think that's overridden by the chance to win a Super Bowl. Not saying well, that the not saying that the Jets would give him that opportunity. But let me let that me is throw the a one other direction. I want to throw a scenario out for you. So okay. you're going to be nipples, okay? So put Wonderful. put put your two hands on your nipples <laughs> and answer this question. Okay. Yeah, this podcast just got R-rated. Well, it's already it was already R-rated. Hey, this is how we get the views. Um, okay, your nipples. You can go to the New York Jets, right? Great defense on the rise, reunited with Nathaniel Hackett. Or you can go to the Vegas Raiders and be reunited with a receiver that you're practically in love with. Oh, I'm Raiders going to the Raiders. Raiders. I'm going, going to the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. See, yeah I'll, take, I'll take my chances with the Kansas City Chiefs in my division versus yeah. the Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think if if that retirement sticks and Tom Brady is really not coming back, I can't see why, if the Raiders really were going to go after Tom Brady, why they wouldn't turn to nipples and say, we like we want you. We've got we've got Adams. Like we've we've got your your guy. So and with Jacobs there, like that becomes I think a pretty good fit for him. To me, more so than than the Jets. I'd love to see him go to the Jets and get destroyed in his division. But <laughs> I I feel like it, for him at least that's the smarter move. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the Dolphins hired a new defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. So mm. that should be able to help improve their defense, make them a more well-rounded team. Because he's had some successful defenses in the past. Um, and Bill O'Brien is now the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, so they'll officially have a single offensive coordinator. And uh, someone who actually has a connection to the Patriots in the past, he used to be the head coach for the Texans. Mm-hmm. So now he's coming back under Bill Belichick. So that could maybe bring the Patriots a bit more even keeled, you know, back to back to the Patriots that we're used to and not what we saw this at the end of the season where they were just kept repeatedly shooting themselves on the foot. Yeah, I mean they they looked a lot better at the beginning of the year. Like they looked back on track and talk about a team that, you know, almost to, yeah. at least to me, almost made it seem like, oh, they're gonna like really stick this out and they're going to be part of this and they're going to be a playoff team and they're going to kind of get back on track. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's probably, they're, they're probably a team that's only a few pieces and strong leadership away from being a playoff team again. Well, it just made the, that fumble in the Raiders game that much worse because <laughs> if they had won yeah. that game, they could have been in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, that won't, that I don't think that will ever happen again. I I'm sure that it wouldn't because I think Bill Belichick might have that per player executed. If that um, have yet. we have we uh, are we like have we found all these players? Like, are they all accounted for? Because I would I would believe that Bill Belichick has done something to them. Like, if you told me he had a few of them locked in a basement somewhere, I would believe you. As far as I'm aware, they're all still accounted. They're all for. accounted for. Okay. Maybe they're body doubles, though. I don't know. Yeah, we should we should check in on that. We should get someone to look yeah. in on on a couple of them because <laughs> I'm pretty Absolutely, sure Belichick yeah. lost his mind on them. <laughs> That's a room Absolutely. I wouldn't want to be in. Like even no. as a fly on the wall, I wouldn't even want to witness it. I would be too scared. <laughs> yeah, no, I would not be going in that locker room. Absolutely not. Um, Kellen Moore got dismissed from the uh, the Cowboys and then immediately hired as the Chargers offensive coordinator. 
So you were almost going to say fired, and then you said dismissed. Is there a difference between dismissed and fired? Uh, well, I think it was more of a mutual parting of ways. Like, oh, I don't think they straight up okay. told him, gotcha. you know, you're fired. I think they both agreed it was in everyone's interest that he move on. Yeah. Uh, right to the Chargers. And and then he went straight to the Chargers, too. So I think maybe that was part of it. Like, he knew he had somewhere else to go, and he was he'd worn out his welcome in Dallas, and they were looking mm-hmm. for looking for ahead. So might as well, like, yeah, you know what? It's cool. I'll leave. And he walked right into what I think could be a very good opportunity for him. Cause if he can run an offense the way he did in Dallas mm-hmm. with Eckler and Herbert, mm-hmm. they could have a much stronger offense. Cause that's, that's where they kind of struggled this year was, you know, like they have such amazing pieces. Why are they not putting up more points on the ground? You know, like why are they doing weird things with barely giving Eckler any carries, you know? So I, I think that could be very good for, the charters fantasy pieces for next season. Uh, I'm very interested to see where that goes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it's a great situation. The chargers should be pretty strong offensively. They've got really good pieces in there. So it is a good situation for him. I also just think probably the Cowboys needed a change. Like they just need to do something different. So it probably isn't unnecessarily like a slight on him. So it makes sense that it's more of a mutual uh, parting. But, you know, the Chargers, I think it's a great situation to walk into. So I don't think that's that's to me, that's more of a lateral move. I don't think you're taking a step back at all by going to a team like the Charger from the Cowboys. No, definitely, definitely not. And uh, the Rams took Mike LaFleur and hired him as their offensive coordinator. So he was the previous offensive coordinator for the Jets. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see how that turns out. That's that's interesting to me, just because the Jets, over time, haven't exactly had a potent offense, let's say. Yeah, exactly. And he's only been the offensive coordinator for two years, both of which for, for the Jets before he got fired. Um. And the Jets, like you said, they they weren't putting up like crazy numbers offensively. So uh, we'll we'll see how that turns out. I mean, Sean McVay is a pretty good head coach, uh, at least so it seems from his impact on LA. So maybe he sees something there, or maybe he's just getting swindled. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but time will tell next season. Yeah, no, yep. time will tell on that one. Like that's it's it's. It's such an interesting situation just because you are coming from a not great offensive team. So, uh, you know, what was it? Who was responsible there? Was that a coordinator? Or was that personnel? Yep. Yep. And uh, if he if he doesn't do well with the weapons that the Rams have, then we'll have our answer one way or the other. So, yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> we'll know. We'll know pretty fast there. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's quickly talk about the conference championship games with the last few minutes that we have left. So I guess we Eagles... might as well. I mean, we should <laughs> recap yeah. them a little bit, eh? <laughs> yeah, the Eagles destroyed the 49ers, who basically played without a quarterback for half of the game because Brock Purdy tore his UCL in his, I believe, his right arm. Mm-hmm. So he left in, I think, what, the first quarter, the first drive? Uh, first quarter, yeah. Yep, yeah. uh, and then... Backup quarterback Josh Johnson, who is their fourth string quarterback, ended up leaving with a concussion. So then we we were treated to watching Brock Purdy try to throw basically without an arm. 
Yeah, because he did come uh, back. Like he he made yeah. his way back onto the field, but it was it wasn't pretty. It was not pretty, no, or pretty. Um, and then Christian McCaffrey even attempted a pass. So <laughs> yes, that went also poorly. Um, it's it's really a shame. Uh, and I, you and I we texted about this on the weekend. Like it's just a shame that we really we didn't get a chance to really see what pretty could do in that situation, which I like, again, I don't think that should be a slight on him. I think he should be back next year. I think him and Lance should have it out for the position. I think if you're the 49ers, you should be feeling like you're in great shape here um, at quarterback. But I definitely, I definitely think it was a shame. Like it was a real shame to not be able to see more from him. Absolutely. I was really looking forward to seeing how he handled himself against a strong defensive team. Yeah. Um, and we, we saw, like, if, I think if he had stayed in that game, that would have been a close, really good football game because the oh, 49ers so, defense yeah. did their part. And eventually they just got too tired to keep up with the Eagles offense because they were yeah. out there for so long. But they, were they did a great job. Because of the time, yeah. You're right. Yeah, like, they, they did a great job at keeping the Eagles offense at bay outside of that first uh, touchdown drive. After that, they kept it real close. But mm-hmm. when... <laughs> When you're going on to your third quarterback of the game, or well, second quarterback who's still injured, and then a third in Christian McCaffrey, like you're not, you're screwed. Your offense is totally screwed. Honestly, especially when you're against an, a strong opponent like that. Yeah, like there, there was nothing. There was nothing that they, I think, could do for themselves in that situation. Like the, it was, it was kind of a no-win scenario, um, which is a real shame. But you know, they have a great team. They're going to be competitive for the next couple of years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if there's any silver lining in the heartbreak that was that game for the 49ers fans, you guys are set up well for the future, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the other game, though, was quite exciting with the Chiefs just edging out the Bengals there with a lot of controversy uh, regarding the officiating in that game. I don't know if you've seen any of that, Mike. Mm-hmm. I did, yeah. I mean, yeah. what did well, what did you like? Did you have thoughts on on what you saw out of it? Yeah, I I did because even when I was watching the game live, you know, I was calling out mm-hmm. some penalty, especially on that final drive where I saw some penalties that were pretty obvious to me that weren't called. Mm-hmm. Um, some missed holding calls when Patrick Mahomes scrambled to get the first down that led to the uh, the field goal. Um, I have no issue with them calling the late hit because it 100% was. No, but I th- yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think there was some holding by the offensive lineman when he was scrambling out of the pocket that should have been called. Um, and then there was a block in the back on the punt return where uh, I believe it was Sky Moore returned it and got them a lot closer to uh, field goal range than they would have been. Whereas right. if they'd called it, they would have been starting on their eight yard line. And now Patrick Mahomes certainly has the talent and the ability to have still ended up with the same result anyways but that was a like it was a very blatant block in the back from the angle that i was watching live and i mean right away i was like oh well you know that was a good run but they're going to be coming back because of the block in the back and then there was never a flag so it was kind of like what is going on hmm. so i can certainly see why people are upset with uh with the level of officiating there but uh i mean at the end of the day i don't think two missed calls really uh i don't think you can blame the game on that you know um 
Also, the whole do over down that was just weird. Like, yeah, talk about things you rarely see. Um, yeah, that was very weird. I mean, yeah i I don't know if you can necessarily sit here and say like the outcome of the game was was changed by officiating, which it never should be. You should never be watching a game that is dictated by the officiating. But there were definitely some not great things going on there, and I don't know. Officiating is like the hardest thing to do. But oh, absolutely! Uh, it was it was rough to watch at times. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, well, Mike, uh, before we wrap things up, uh, one last question for you: Are yeah. you planning on watching the Pro Bowl? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm fascinated by the idea of doing flag football. Um, I have no idea how this is going to go. I don't know anything about their structure for how how they're doing this. But I'm as someone who's played many many flag football games i'm fascinated to see professionals do it (laughs) so i'm gonna give it a shot what about you uh you know i haven't really decided yet it might be Mm -hmm. one of those things uh we'll just we'll just see where it goes i'm Uh, curious let's just say my curiosity is getting the better of me so i want to give it a shot (laughs) yeah that's fair that's fair all right, everyone. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at uh, Conquer Your Draft through Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to ConquerYourDraft.com, fill out our uh, form on the podcast page, or you can email us at contact at ConquerYourDraft.com. We'll try to answer your questions on the air. Take care and stay safe.